everybody, and welcome to MoCo's Most Famous. My name is Joe Yashroff, and we've got a very special Super Bowl edition of the podcast today. So pleased to be talking to Dorian O'Daniel, linebacker and special teams player for the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Dorian is an alum of good counsel in Olney, and he has very generously decided to spend a few minutes with us today, just days before his Chiefs try to repeat as champions against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Super Bowl 55. Darian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being with us today. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you've, you've been through this before last year, so it's nothing new, but it's still got to be pretty special playing in a Super Bowl the year after you just won your first. Absolutely. You know, um, and I don't take it for granted. I know how hard it is to get to this point. You know, um, you know last year, I had a privilege to play with Terrell Suggs of the Baltimore Ravens. You know, he used on hill. And uh, one of the things that uh, he said, our lockers were next to each other, and something that he said that kind of stuck with me is he was just kind of basically saying he's been in the league for 17 years, and before last year he had only been to one Super Bowl. So that really put in perspective, like, getting this far is not guaranteed. You know, you there's guys around the league that strive to get to the position that I'm in, and I'm fortunate enough to be in it two years in a row. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't take it for granted. I know how fortunate and blessed I am to be here, and uh, I'm just thankful. And it seems like winning follows you, so it's got to be something to do with you. So let's go back to your good counsel days, Our Lady of Good Counsel and Olney. You win a state championship there. You go to Clemson four ACC championships, a national championship, and then you, you win a Super Bowl and you're trying to win a second. What What is it with winning and you? Are, you're not just lucky, are you? Nah, I, I, I mean, I'll say I'm a little bit lucky. You know, I, I feel like everything takes a little bit of luck. Um, but uh, I'm just very fortunate, you know. Um, I, don't, I, I don't really know what, how, how to uh, answer that question other than <laughs> attack every situation and where I'm at um, with the same kind of mentality. The week of the Super Bowl, what, what is it? I mean, again, this is the second time you've done this. So what, what, what is the key to preparation? Obviously, you're probably not going too hard because I don't want to get anybody hurt. So what is it like practicing for a Super Bowl? Um, a, a lot of quarantining, you know. Um, they don't want any of us to get COVID before the Super Bowl. So it's been real strict and real heavy on the – home and practice those are the only two places they really want us going rightfully so you know no one wants to um, be knocked out um for something that is um for the most part um avoidable um in some stances but um you know as far as practice um coach reed does a great job of um, having a good plan in place for us you know um making us you know go hard whenever um we need it and then pulling up whenever we need to as well you know um a lot of it is a lot of x's and o's you know um on the front end making sure that we're solid on the game plan and then on the back end you know making sure our bodies are in the right shape you know because it's going to be it's going to be warm you know the past couple of games we played have been 30 below, um, 30 and below. So um, being and having a chance to play in some warm weather is uh, definitely going to be something guys are looking forward to. What did you learn last year in the Super Bowl that you may not have guessed uh, that surprised you that was kind of like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't know this, this it's going to be like this in the Super Bowl itself? Um... I can't. I don't want to say nothing because that that, that sounds. Um, okay. 
I would I'll probably say the speed of the game. Um, just because as a competitor and someone that's been at a high, played at a high level game, you know, you're always told that the game gets faster every, you know, whether it's the playoffs or the playoffs is a championship, that speed's going to increase. And from the championship to the Super Bowl, the speed's going to increase. And um, at the time, I probably didn't kind of shrug it off, didn't think anything of it. But when you're out there, um, you know, it's the best two teams in professional football heading um going head to head so you know everyone's bringing their best so um i would definitely say the speed what about the opportunity to, i know that you're not playing uh you know directly against tom brady although maybe actually you will be at some points i'm i'm guessing um the opportunity to play against what many people call the goat is 10th super bowl which is absurd um yeah. what about that uh, it's, it's an amazing opportunity. I saw somewhere that um, it's the first time in NFL history that two quarterbacks who won the MVP in a Super Bowl are playing off the, against each other. And indirectly, I'm part of that history, You know, however you want to look at it. Um, and as far as I'm um, facing off uh, Tom Brady personally, you know, um, how much or how little I get an um, opportunity to impact going against him, um, if it does happen – I will definitely make sure to uh, make the most of it because to say I made a play on Tom Brady is something that no one will ever be able to take away from me. Just like saying I made it and won a Super Bowl, no one will ever be able to take away from me. So to knock out two birds with one stone in one moment as far as playing in Super Bowl and make a play on Tom Brady is definitely uh, something I would see as a special moment. Um, you know, uh, all in due time, I guess I'll see. And the guy you're playing with is not too shabby either. Your quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, which some people say he may end up being the GOAT one day. <laughs> so they're billing it as the GOAT versus the kid. And I didn't know this, but kid is a, a baby GOAT. So that's pretty clever. Uh, so your quarterback's not too shabby either, is he? No, he's um, he's definitely one of a kind. You know, the, the things he's able to do and um, just the energy he brings and the way guys ride for him and the way he rides for us is definitely um, remarkable and um, have nothing but good things to say about Pat. Do you sometimes, uh, I don't want to say in awe, you, you played with a lot of great players, but he makes some plays, you know, he'll throw it underhanded, he'll do it left-handed. I mean, he just does whatever it takes to get the play, you know, to, to make the play. Yeah, I mean, everyone only sees the passes and un unbelievable passes he's making in the games. I'm seeing the stuff he's doing in practice, you know, um, a, a lot of no look, a lot of underhand from time to time. And um, it's it's almost the norm at this point, you know, when we see it, it's, it's kind of like, oh, like, wow. But to be surprised at this point, it was kind of naive in a good way, obviously. Sure. Uh, now, AFC Championship game, I'm watching like uh, millions of other people. And after the game, you enjoy wins as much or more than most people, it appears. The confetti and the snow angels. You like to and you like to celebrate after games, and I think that's great. It seems like it's infectious. Uh, does that go way back to when you were a kid? Um, I wouldn't say, I mean, who, who doesn't like winning? You know, um, mm -hmm. the fun is in the winning. And any anytime you you spend for for in this case your whole life preparing for you know um it's your livelihood and the sport you play in my career in this instance you, you uh you want to celebrate you know if you do something good individually or collectively as a team um I, th I think that's what you have to do because if not what are you doing it for you know what i mean um it's a lot of intrinsic motivation for me um just 
knowing how hard I worked and the sacrifices um, my family and support system have made for me to get to the point to where I'm at. Um, I just think it would be selfish not to celebrate. Speaking of your family, you've got a large contingent heading down to Tampa. Not, not all of them are going to get into the game. I think it's only two, according to your mom, who I talked to earlier. Um, what is that like for you? Uh, you seem like a very family-oriented person. Uh, what is that like for you, knowing you have that kind of support? That's awesome. You know, um, growing up, it takes a village. And um, I've, I've had that. And I've been fortunate enough to have a solid support system um, as far as coaches, um, teammates, family members, um, coaches, families, you know, the list goes on. And um, that doesn't go unnoticed. And I hope my support system knows that I appreciate everyone that's helped me get to this point, you know, and um, yeah, there's a lot of people to thank. So I sit here all day naming off the list, but um, it definitely doesn't go unnoticed. Well, the good news is you don't have to give, uh, you don't have to find 50, t well, it's not good news because for the reason, uh, because of COVID, but you don't have to, uh, uh, you know, find 50 tickets for family members this year, right? You only got to find None. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, let's go back to your high school days, if we may. Good counsel high school. I, I, I know you were recruited hard by DeMatha and then you ended up, why did you decide to go to a good counsel over uh, DeMatha and any place else that wanted you? Um, at the time, um, I was just looking at the guys, uh, that were there before me, you know, Jelani Jenkins was like that guy and, you know, that Caleb Brazil and Stefan Diggs and just all these guys that at the time I was looking up to and just like wanted to be that name, you know, whenever my time, um, was coming. And it's not that the method didn't have that. Um, you know, I think the council was a little bit more convenient as far as, uh, distance from where I was, uh, living at the time. I was living in Gaithersburg uh, at the time and, uh, it was, it probably wasn't that much, that big of a difference in uh, travel, but when you're 15, 16, it kind of does, especially when you're commuting. Um, I think that's what it ultimately boiled down to. I think the council had like a, uh, like a shuttle bus that was able to take us into Matha. Like we had to carpool or something like that. It, it wasn't like a significant reason, but uh, mm -hmm. looking back, I'm glad that I ended up going to good council. What was the experience like playing there besides the winning on the field, which was obvious you had incredible talent, incredible coach. And, uh, but what, what was the experience of uh, playing a good council at the only like, um, I loved it. I had I had a great high school experience on and off the field. Um, I made friends that I still talk to every day. Um, I have teammates that I still talk to every day. Um, and I have coaches that I talk to. Um, so um, I have nothing negative to say or bad about uh, my say about my time of good counsel. Um, I had a really good high school experience. All right, so I talked. To, I mentioned I talked to your coach Bob Malloy, a legendary coach, winningest coach in Maryland history. He said a lot of nice things about you, but he said that you owe him a cheesesteak from the Continental <laughs> Deli. So can you tell us that story? What is the deal with that? Yeah, I, I do, and from from the sound of it, it sounds like I'm not going to be able to live that down until uh, I take him up on that. So um, after the season, I'm going to have to uh, make a trip back and take him. Um, yeah, it was after. Um, I forget what it was. It, me, him, and Kendall. We were leaving. Um, Kendall yep. Say that again. Kendall Fuller. I was just telling. Yeah, you yeah, Kendall. Yeah, yeah, Kendall. We were we were leaving. I want to say prep, just on prep, or we were. Oh, it was. Um, 
all met photos, all met photos. And um, we had, we had went to the Continental Deli and that was the first time I've ever been there. And Coach Moy had was just raving about how good it was, X, Y, Z. And, you know, um, it was, it was just one of those moments that I can look back on and I can bookmark it as um, a moment that I'll always remember. What, uh, what was it like playing for Coach Malloy? I'm sure he was tough. I mean, he got, had a lot of success, but I'm sure he was, he was tough. Yeah, um, and I, I thank him for that because, you know, so early on in my football career, um, even before Coach Malloy, I was fortunate enough to play for a little league um, team, um, South Germantown Panthers, where I had a great coaching staff with kind of instilled that um, demanding, blue-collar, do-things-the-right-way kind of um, – mentality so I think um me seeing that early on kind of um gravitated me to coach Malloy and his coaching style and you know um you know he wasn't going to always uh gas you up you know what I mean and tell you great job all the time but you were going to know when you did something right or didn't do something right and in doing so I think that predominantly influenced how my mindset was going into college, which, you know, I could say the same thing about Coach Sweeney. So um, I think it all correlated, and um, I'm fortunate for it. Malloy Sweeney Reed. <laughs> I know, on, I know, on, I know, I know, I know. And sometimes I, I, t- I sit back and I think about it, and I, there's, not, there's only so much I can say, you know what I mean? I mean, you, you see coaches getting fired all the time. Do you feel yeah. bad for the guys that play for these coaches that don't – maybe they're not bums, but they, they don't have success? I mean, I'm not wanting to compare my journey with the next men's, but mm-hmm. the same time, but at the same time, I don't know what I don't know. All I know is culture, win, account, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's just what I've, I've seen my whole life. You know what I mean? That's that's expected. So anytime I see or maybe even experience, you know, um, stuff like that. And I face adversity. So it's not like I've never had to deal with anything like sure. that. But whenever I approach things, there is never a doubt in, oh, are we going to lose? Are we going to what's going to you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. So another good counsel question. The two the 2011 team, I believe, had you. Stefan Diggs, who may be the best receiver in football, Kendall Fuller, Stan Mustafer, all four of you were in the playoffs this year off of one yeah. high school team. I mean, yeah. that's insane. What's the stat on that? What's the stat on that? Has that, has I that don't been know known? what the stat on that is, but that can't be, that couldn't have happened that many times. So, I mean, no. that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and it, it, it is. And it says uh, it says a lot about the type of guys that, um, you know, the council brings in and the development and um, just the the will and um, that guys have gotten to that. It doesn't happen by accident, you know. Um, guys, all four of us worked our butts off to put ourselves in positions, whether it be um, college standpoint or an opportunity to play at the next level. It had, all of our roads have been different, you know, all of us have faced different sure. adversity, but at the same time, our ultimate goal was to get there and all of us did. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the coaches on your, on the staff for the Chiefs is uh, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, yes. Much talked about, and I don't know how controversial you want to get, but I mean, most people agree he should have been a head coach by now. Um, can you tell us what, what Eric Bieniemy and I know you don't work directly with him, he's an offensive coordinator, but what kind of coach he is, what kind of man he is, and whether and what you think of him as a potential head coach? Um, he's a great guy. He's a great coach. Um, he's an even better person. Um, he's actually um, 
close with Coach McFadden, who works in the council. So him and I have had a few conversations, um, just, you know, just strictly non-football. And, um, he, you know, just a great guy who, I, me personally, I can see being a head coach. Um, as far as coaching, I can't really take his coaching because he doesn't – I don't see too much of, you know what I mean, he's an offensive coach. But um, as far as I'm concerned, um, I think – when the time is right, he will. And um, he's, he's focused on the Super Bowl right now, I'm sure. Um, whenever um, it'll happen, it'll happen. Um, but we have something bigger at the task at hand, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so when did the butterfly stop, start happening for uh, Super Bowl since you already did it? Uh, have they already started? Do they start when you get on the field? Uh, how does that work? Uh, they come and go. They, they, I, I was getting butterflies the other day, actually, just thinking about it. I'm like, dang, I'm really about to play my second <laughs> Super Bowl. It's just random. I'm just watching TV. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, they just come and go, honestly. It's definitely not like they used to be because uh, whenever you get in those moments, you know what I mean, um, you're not really thinking of, oh, my gosh, everyone in the country is watching me. You're not really thinking about that because, right. you know, um, I've been conditioned, you know, for, for these moments. You know what I mean? Playing at, on a big stage is something that I enjoy doing. You know, I've, I've, and it's like I said, it's almost become the norm. So um, you can't you can't treat any game um, like it's more important or less important than the next because that's cheating the process. But at the same time, it is the Super Bowl. So um, there's definitely a little bit more feel to this one coming up because it's the pinnacle of what every football player strives to accomplish. So um, I take that into consideration. But for the most part, um, just average butterflies leading up to kickoff. Mm -hmm. But once you're out there, it, it doesn't really affect me. I'm getting butterflies just listening to you talk, uh, <laughs> getting ready to play a Super Bowl, and I'm not going to be playing. Um, all right, so you're a linebacker. Uh, you're a special teams player. I think most of your actions on special teams. I'm guessing that Andy Reid is – one of the reasons he's great is because he realizes that special teams is literally one-third of football and that, uh, you know, if offense and defense are even with two teams, special teams could and might decide. How do you view your role as mainly a special teams player? Um, you know, bloom where I'm planted. I learned this early on in my Clemson career, you know, um, my first couple years in Clemson, I, I really wasn't playing much defense and I was primarily a special teams person. And, uh, my take on it was if I'm not going to be playing defense and not making that big of a contribution on defense, then I need to make some noise elsewhere. And um, that was on special teams. That was my role. You know, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to complain about it. I wasn't going to, you know, uh, catch an attitude or anything. I was going to put my head down and do what I can to make an impact. So um, I think having that mindset early on uh, comes in 100% translated to the NFL because early on in my uh, football, uh, NFL career, I was playing a lot of defense, you know, and um, things happened, some things changed, and um, I ended up playing more uh, special teams. And at that moment, it was I was I could either you know um, just get by on special teams or I can make an impact and be the best special teams player that I could be. And um, I think in doing so, I, I, I feel like I, I made an impact, you know, um, I had a fumble recovery in the AFC championship last year against Houston, you know, that's a huge momentum play and um, coach Reed and uh, Dave Tobe, our special teams coordinator. Um, they just take so much pride in teams, you know, and the guys around, around me and, and the special teams unit, we take pride in it. And, um, 
so I think just guys taking accountability and something that they, you know, have an opportunity to do, you know, at the end of the day, you, I, I'll have an impact to make a play during the Super Bowl. Not every, there's one thing to say you played in the Super Bowl, but to make an impact in the Super Bowl, like that's something that I'm playing for. Do you visualize the game? Do you visualize plays? Do you, how does that work mentally? Yeah, 100%. You know, I like to go by something saying it's already written. Um, and what that means is basically um, the the goal in what's happening is it's already going to happen. I'm just following the path, you know. Um, the universe has already manifested it. So when I practice, I'm thinking of celebrations to do with teammates. I'm thinking of handshakes to do what we're going to do after we make this play. After I block this punt, what am I going to do? It, stuff like that. So when it does happen, I can say like, yeah, this was already good. Like, I already knew, like it's already written, like it's going to happen. So I think just manifesting that stuff and manifesting that energy with teammates is contagious. And um, personally, I, I believe in it. On your Twitter profile, you put, it's not what you've done. It's what you're doing. Now it's pretty clear what that means, but what does that mean to you? Um, exactly that, you know, um, Yes, I won a Super Bowl last year. Yes, I won the national championship a few years before that. And yes, I won a state championship years before that. But at the end of the day, no one really cares. What are you doing now? Yes, I can only I can only hang my hat on those accomplishments until the next day. So um, it's just um, something I like to think um, just going forward. And that can uh, translate as far as football. You're only as good as your last play. You're only remembered as your last play. So um I just try to apply little things like things like that. I think your nickname or one of your nicknames is Superman. And I think the reason is because if people see you off the field, they say, Oh, that's just a guy right there. But then when you get on the field, maybe you're a little different. Is that, do I have that right? Maybe you can uh, go from one yeah. to Superman. Um, yeah. Yeah. People, people don't really see me as like an athletic type off the field. You know, I'm obviously still, a bigger guy, but I don't know. I don't know if this class smile too much. I, I don't. I don't know what it is. But um, I've I've been told plenty of times. Uh, people don't think that I either play football or I just don't look the part. I don't know. I don't, maybe even that I'm getting older. Am I? Uh, the narrative might change a little bit. But early on, that was definitely the case. I would have guessed if I didn't know you're a football player that you're a poet, a writer, or a painter. I, it, and, something uh, like something like that. Broadcaster or something like that. Sure. Sure. Um, all right. What what do you love about being a football player? What do I love about being a football player? I love the in-between moments um, with your teammates, the team camaraderie and the bonds that you make and the moments and the advice and the life lessons and just the stories that you share um, on and off the field with your teammates is something that anyone that's played sports doesn't even have to be football. Uh, they can agree that, you know, those are the moments that you're going to never forget or take for granted because it's not always going to be like that. Uh, give us something to look for in the game. Obviously you're not going to give us any top secret uh, uh, information, but uh, tell, give us something to look for in the game. Nope. Look for, for us 44 initiated non-football players. Look for 44 to make an impact on special teams. I love it. I love it. Hey, Dorian, I want to thank you so much for doing this, taking time out of Super Bowl week. That, that says a lot about you and your family and everything, and I wish you the best. Uh, anything we can do for you, please let me know, and uh, thank you for being part of uh, MoCo's Most Famous. No, thank you for having me. Thanks again.